Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I'm all right. How are you, Alex? I'm doing good today. I can't complain. It's been beautiful here in the D.C. area. So, you know, as much time as we can spend outside in the sun and the cool air is perfect with me. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Same here in Los Angeles. We took a nice hike this morning. Beautiful. That's awesome. I miss Los Angeles so much. Okay, so before we get started, before we get on our tangent, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. My name is Rachel Craven and I have a clothing line called Rachel Craven Textiles and it's here in LA, here in my garage and we uh, make our clothes in downtown Los Angeles and uh, I've been doing that since about I think 2013 which is crazy. Oh wow it's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) First of all awesome to you doing that in your garage and mothering (laughs) and everything else in between right? I'm actually right now in my closet recording so like I feel you. I get the vibe of like doing the thing. (laughs) So how did your brand come to be and why textiles and clothing? Well, so I went to art school. I'm a New York City girl. I grew up in downtown and on the Upper West Side. And I stayed in New York and I was, you know, lucky enough to go to the School of Visual Arts, which is just in Chelsea, live at home with my mom, which is so nice. (laughs) And I started painting. So, you know, I started painting pretty early on. Both of my parents are artists. I grew up in an artistic house. My mother makes pots. My dad painted. There were a lot of poetry around. There was always art making in the house. And the way my mom made a living was being an art teacher. So, you know, I was exposed to a lot of art and I always loved art, but my mom instilled in me this idea that how else was I going to support myself? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, so she, we talked a lot about that and I loved clothes. So I started styling first. That was what I did while I was in art school as a job to get myself through school. I worked as a fashion stylist and I I love clothes from the beginning. So, you know, I guess that's sort of the beginning of it. And then jump forward, have a bunch of babies, not painting too much and living in Echo Park here in LA. And I'm talking to my mom, I'm talking to my friends. I'm saying, you know, I love clothes. I love making patterns. I love painting. I got to do something next. Don't want to style anymore. And there came Rachel Craven Textiles. That was when I started painting on fabric and making block prints is actually where it started. I love it so much. Yeah, and my mom taught me how to block print, you know, as a little girl. So it was this full connection of all of it. So we're block printing, we're doing it in my kitchen, Mm -hmm, (laughs) which mm -hmm. is great. (laughs) And... When the kids are at school, I'm block printing in the kitchen. You know, I'm doing that. And uh, I made one dress, kept it real simple. You know, this was seven years ago, made one dress. And the idea was that the dress could fit anybody. That was the Mm -hmm. concept. It was one size. It was one size fits all. It could fit my mom, who was a size 20. It could fit me, who was a size six. And then a whole bunch of other ladies tried it on. They'd come over. We tweaked it. And I sold it at the Echo Park Craft Fair, which was another thing I started back in 2010. I came in to the Echo Park Craft Fair and that's where we launched. So Mm -hmm. we launched the dresses. We had, I don't know, 20 of them, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they sold out. And it was so great to see women try them on. And then it kind of went from there. Mm, yeah. It just kept soaring from there. That's amazing. It kept soaring from there. Yeah. And it was <laughs> like I had really lucky because we had the community support and all these women coming together selling stuff at the Echo Park Craft Fair. And there I was making these dresses and it was just real smooth, which is yeah. incredible. You know, so mm -hmm. it felt really good right from the beginning. So I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about you growing up in an artistic house in New York City and how out outside of your current brand and business, how you were just shaped as an individual and as a mother now and how important art is and how it plays a role in your self-care practice. Can you talk about that a little bit? Do you have your oh, first yeah. memory of art and being like, oh, this is I the do. thing? Mm. Yeah, I do. You know, we started with clay. My mom fell in love with clay. She found it really hard to be a painter and a mother. It was not easy for her, you know, and be working as a teacher. She felt like she didn't have the time, so she found clay, and so she brought clay into our house. And that squishy feeling, that tactile feeling of clay, I don't know if you've ever touched clay, yeah, Alex, it's but awesome. it's, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so good in your hands. And then you can make something, and you can paint on it, and there's this whole, and this, you know, she was so passionate about it, and she really passed it. And I'm an only child, so that's the other part, right? So Me too, so, me too. You are? Yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> So that helped shape who I, you know, because it was important in my house, right? Yeah. So like it was a value in my house and it was actually a value in my house that everybody deserves to be making art and that it should be in the school system. And that mm. my mother went out as, you know, she was a teacher teaching teachers how to teach art. And she did that up until, you know, she died last year, right? So, and it was her passion. So that was really molded who I was. And my father was a painter, you know, so he was doing that. There were a lot of artists around, you know, always. So it was really a value that people should be able to be given the opportunity in their school, at home, you know, and to make a mess. She was really part mm -hmm. of like, mess is good. <laughs> I love that. Mess is good. Yeah. I love that so much. So I'm yeah. wondering, how do you make art now outside of the brand? How does that work for you these days? I mean, it's so hard to fit it in, I'll be honest. But, you know, how do I do it? You know, we just get out some paper, <laughs> you know, mm. real simple. I got to keep it simple, right? I've got two kids. I got a couple of businesses, you know. I'm also, you know, trying to get out there in the streets right now, even though there's, yeah. there's a lot happening. So what do we do? You know, we get out a watercolor pad, make sure that we have paper around, right? Like mm -hmm. real simple. Make sure that we have watercolors around. Make sure I've got a couple brushes around. Very important to keep clay in the house. We just have a bag of it. It's not expensive. You can order it from an art store for $20 and you keep it and you just make sure you keep it wet, you know? And so the kids, if there's stress, which there is, right? So mm -hmm. whenever there's stuff or there's joy, whatever it is, we can mm -hmm. bring out the clay, you know? Mm -hmm. And it helps us to remember my mom, Edith. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. super important to me. My mother would say, we are all artists. Alex, you are an artist. <laughs> I claim that. Thank you, Miss Edith. I claim that affirmation. <laughs>
Like truly, because it's so funny. My oldest daughter is a, she's an artist, meaning like yes, she can actually like draw yes. and like paint. And right. Paint, right. Right. So lately yeah. we've been sitting down you. with watercolors. She's trying to kind of enhance her passion for that medium. She, it's very challenging mm-hmm. for her. So it's like this. It is this test and we sit down together and I am no traditional artiste. So it's That's so funny how she does these yeah. amazing arts. And then I'm like, here's my stick figure and maybe my blob of abstract. And we laugh oh. together and it's fun. <laughs> and it just brings that lightness to the space. It really, really does. Yes, um, it does. Yeah. 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 And we always did watercolors wherever we were. Right. So like maybe we would go for a walk and you just like throw a little set in your backpack, you know, mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. like little postcard size paper you know so it's like having your tools around you know that you can pick up whenever you need you know so so that brings me to my next kind of segment and let's talk about joy a little bit. I mean, I heard you speak about, you know, art as joy, art as self-care, and I just could hear the joy in your voice. So it's such a heavy time right now in the world. We're in a pandemic, yes. in a uprising. There's a lot yes. of shifting happening within yes. our communities, the Black community, white folks who are in allyship, and everyone, yes. Black, Brown, in between, really trying to rise up together. And with that being said, it's a heavy time. It's I know it's heavy for it me is. as a Black woman in my body. And I know that it's heavy for everyone else out there on the front lines who are protesting, who are showing up, who are voting. It's yes. just a lot. So yes. how are you finding joy in between the chaos? And yes. how are you showing up for your Black friends and the people in your community who you are supporting? Well... It is a heavy time. It really is. I mean, I'm looking right now over at the side of my computer and I've got a bowl of almonds and a bowl of apricots and I've got a big jug of water and I'm making sure that I'm eating Mm. and I'm making sure that I'm hydrated. I feel like that's like number one, right? (laughs) Because in chaos, we don't always take care of our bodies, right? I mean, I don't, right? I mean, my only, you know, thing that I can relate it to is the grief of my mother. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't want to eat when I was in grief. You know what I mean? I was like, somebody had to feed me. So number one, I'm cooking, right? Mm -hmm. I'm cooking for people. You know, um, my best friend lives up the street. I'm bringing food. Uh, I'm sending, if I can, you know, I I get a CSA box. If I've got some extra eggs, I'm bringing them around. So that's Mm -hmm. like real micro what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like making sure we're hydrated and fed. Mm -hmm. And are you taking your vitamins? You know what I mean? Like, are you Mm -hmm. remembering, I got you that mullein oil. Are you taking it? That's for your Mm -hmm. lungs, right? Mm -hmm. So like, who are you talking to about your nutrition? Are you still talking to them? Those kind of acts Mm -hmm. for me, you know, I feel like really because if I'm not hydrated and I'm not fed and I'm not, my body's not nourished, how do I show up? Right. So, (laughs) so real simple for the next part. You know, I'm one of those people who's checking in. You know, I'm picking up the phone because I liked, I'm, I'm 44. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm 30. <laughs> okay, there you go. But so I'm older than you. So <laughs> I can say that. So my point is, I like the telephone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm down with texting. I can text, but I, I like a telephone call. I'm picking up the phone. So those are the simple ones, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not so simple, but for me, so I'm making time for making food. I'm making time for hydration. I'm sending people food. I'm bringing them food. I am calling on the telephone. I also am part of a gratitude list that goes around with women in the morning, and that is via text. And that gratitude list keeps me grounded. And uh, it's like one of the most beautiful things that we do together. And it makes me want to like, I start to teary thinking about it, you know, and then there's been times where people are like, you know what, I don't want you on this gratitude list right now. And that's when I have to step Mm. back right? Mm -hmm, And be like, mm -hmm. this is not about me. You know what I'm saying? So there's that part. So then the next part is like the listening. Like how am I actively listening in this during this time, right? Mm -hmm. I respect that. And I appreciate you you saying that. And I feel that completely. It is in those many moments of showing up where sometimes the the biggest impact can be, especially as we're leaning into our own communities and the people who are closest to us, the loved ones who are like up under us, right? I can relate completely. I've been, you know, just trying to stay nourished, stay hydrated, Mm -hmm. to check in Mm -hmm. with my people, to call my grandmother who lived through this 10 times over. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. talk to her and love on her and listen to her and also just take a step back to rest because mm. at the end of the day if I'm empty if I'm tired I cannot mm-hmm. show up and I think no. that you know giving folks the permission to pause and breathe and mm. then get back to the work is yeah. absolutely monumental that is really not that easy pausing you know what I mean no, like we talk about it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. it's like you're right but I always say you know and then it's like stuff that I don't like hearing it's like I gotta pause right so and I'm not in a place of defensiveness I'm not in a place of anger at that moment I go to red right that's me mm-hmm. that's who I am mm-hmm. I see red fast so how do I not be in the red and the only way I can do that is is taking a deep breath Mm -hmm. and pausing, looking at my part, right? And then trying to re, you know, and then whatever the next indicated action is, right? And sometimes I don't know what that is. Sometimes it comes to me a day later, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe it comes in a half an hour. I don't always know when that's going to come for me as an ally, you know, because that's all I want to be. Right, right now. Mm. That's like my mm-hmm. main, I feel that deep in my bones. Um, mm. What has Rachel Craven Textiles taught you about sisterhood? And I think this kind of links back to what we were just talking about, but I would love to dive in a little deeper. I mean, so I'm an only child, so we can talk about that. Yeah. So so that's like the start of it all, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I get to choose, right? Which is Mm -hmm. also kind of dope. (laughs) I get to choose who my sisters are, which I like. Yeah. So, but making the clothes and sisterhood, I think, you know, I think at the beginning, you know, just being able to say, to invite people over, like invite my sisters over, invite my, the women over to be Mm -hmm. like, try this on. How does it fit? Is it fitting well on your boobs? Like, does it feel good on your tummy? Like, what's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how's that feel? You know, because that was also the basis of a lot of this was this like hunger and aspiration to make something that felt good on everybody, right? So, and everybody, 
right? So that was like very much based in sisterhood, right? Because like just because I'm a size six and like I'm, you know, little and my mom is wearing a size 20 and she's got these big boobs that I did not inherit, unfortunately. (laughs) Always been kind of bummed about that. (laughs) So, you know, how is that piece of clothing going to fit us, right? And the importance in that and like the importance of body positivity. And this is like before people were even talking about this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this is like, you know, I'm 44, right? So like there's so much has shifted in all this over the past. I mean, there were not good bras that you can comfy, you know what I mean? For a double D, you know what I'm saying? So like all of that, which has been such a joy to watch how all these different female led companies are coming together and making stuff that people feel good in, right? That feels super uh, positive to me. But yeah, so I guess, so the sisterhood there is like everybody trying it on. And then the like thing that was really beautiful that happened was that people told other people about it. Like, I think I got introduced to you from Erica, right? I mean, yeah, I think that's how it all friend. came around. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was like, I met Erica maybe five years ago or something at least. And she's trying on the clothes. She came and she loved this yellow dress. And she was like, my friends are going to love this yellow dress. And then she tells somebody like, it was such a kind of natural community driven yep. by women you know, thing that happened, which was kind of magic, frankly. That's very much the sisterhood. And also, you know, my sister, who's my best friend, because I don't have a sister, right? So I got to make them, you know, I got to find them. And, you know, she doesn't dress so feminine, right? So, you know, she's looking for things that are maybe more neutral, you know what I'm saying? So she doesn't want to be too feminine is the best way to put it, you know? So more gender neutral. So that was the other part of Rachel Graven Textiles was that it was for everybody and it was, you know, it was fitting everyone and it's more gender neutral. And frankly, I dress more gender neutral. So that worked for me. And it was something that, you know, you could really be, you know, a self-realized person, like a person, a woman who wants to put something on, feel confident and in her body and it's comfortable, right? And linen feels good. That's the tactile part. You know, that's the like back to the clay like the feeling yeah. like all of that has been really important to me like how does something feel on your skin how does it drape so you feel like you can move you know things mm. of that nature Every piece I have from you feels breathable and movable. And the dress that I just got has pockets. And I'm like, yes, because yeah. I'm always yes. <laughs> just looking for a pocket, right? Yes. And to be comfortable and like yes. I can nurse in things. And I remember right. how we got connected actually was, yes, by Erica. But she said, Alex, you need to look into these jumpsuits. I just, I know ah. this woman named Rachel. She's amazing. And you can nurse. Yes, E, just go ahead yes, and introduce yes. me. <laughs> I have fallen in love. And it's truly... <laughs> Just amazing to have pockets and stuff that I can easily like nurse in. And I've been nursing for goodness, who knows? So it's just, it's just really wonderful to see, you know, your true authentic artist self be in your garments. Like truly, you can Mm -hmm. tell that you're an artist. The black prints are my absolute favorite, especially on that burnt orange with the black. Like I just can't even. It's all so good. It's just all so good. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I nursed 
for a long time too. So that was, you know, sometimes I forget that that was at the beginning, that was really important, you know, really important. And maternity, people are wearing them as maternity dresses all the time, you know, which is great. So my last question for you is how do you want your legacy to be in the world, especially as an artist and as a designer, as a woman, as an activist, as someone who is trying to leave this world better than they found it? How do you want your legacy Mm. to live on? Number one, being a mom, right? So, you know, that's the first thing I think about. I think about I'm raising these two white boys, right? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? And what am I doing? And what am I showing them? And what am I teaching them? And what are they being exposed to? And who are they fighting for? And where do they see themselves in the world? And where do they see their bias? And where do they see who they can be and what they can change? And how do I show my boys how to be kind how do I show my boys love? How do I show my boys where they're coming from when they're born into the world and what that means, right? You know, no small task for anybody, right? So I just think it's really important to be honest and to be telling the truth. I think it's really important that there's an awareness that I'm bringing to my motherhood. I think it's really important that they're not sheltered from stuff, right? Because of who they are and where they're being raised or what school they're going to. or So it's been important to me from the beginning that they were always in diverse environments, that diversity is a value in our house, that having friends of color, having black friends, that is a value in my house, that... I grew up in New York, which, you know, I know I'm not supposed to kind of say defines me because it doesn't define me. It's so much more than that. Then being raised in California is a very different kind of raising, right? Because they are not exposed to everything that I was exposed to, you know, just on a daily basis of like basics, like getting on the bus every day, basics, being in a neighborhood, you know, where in California is very segregated. You know, I'm trying to speak directly to it. I think learning about all this and the awareness of all this and making sure that we really talk about these things in our house, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a legacy to me, right? Because I am trying to live my mother's legacy, which was the same legacy, right? So her legacy was to be defiant. Her legacy was that everybody deserves to be an artist, that everyone is an artist, not even deserves, that everybody does have these basic fundamental rights to education. Like, you know, all that was really important to her. And thus it was important in my education. So I'm coming from that. So what books do we have in our house? Who is coming to our house? What are we cooking in our house? Where are we going? All of that, it's really important to me. You know, who do I choose as their godmother? All of these parts, right? And also to say, you know, the legacy of me, I'm actually sober too, which I don't usually talk about in these kind of things, but that is also part of it. So all of that is really important to me. And, and then I think the legacy of like this time, this moment, like what did I do yesterday? What did I do today? What am I going to do today? And what am I showing my kids that I'm going to do today is really important. And I think there's something about being raised by a single mother. And there's something about being raised in a city. And there's something about also, you know, a mother who fought for your education. Those are the legacies that I want to 
passed down. And not only my education, she fought for education, period. It can't just be within my house, right? Right. So it's not just in my house. So it's like, but I got to start in my house, right? (laughs) It's like, it's like, I got to start on myself and then I'm eating my apricots and my almonds and I'm drinking my water and I'm talking to my friends and then I'm moving. It's like those concentric circles, right? Then I'm moving to my kids. What are we doing with my kids? What are my husband and I teaching my kids? What are we saying to them? What books are we giving them to read? I mean, that has always been number one. When Miles was born, it was like we got him this book about Miles Davis, you know, just because like that was his namesake. So like it starts with me and then it's my kids and then you move out of the kids and it's our community and what are we doing in our community? And then out of the community, it's what am I doing in Los Angeles, right? And then showing them, they always come with me to vote, number one. That's like really simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can come with me. It starts yeah. at home, essentially. And that's right. At home, not being the four walls, but the body. That's right. But the body. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.